The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the countries of Spain, Nigeria, and Georgia, and in the states of Texas, North Carolina, and South Dakota. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is celebrating three years of being on the air and of being a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network thank you for listening and making this show success possible i love hearing from you so please keep sending me your questions and comments and just now i realize that in the same month that i'm celebrating three years of being your radio show host i'm also celebrating my first month as a columnist for the newly launched publication dallas yoga magazine it's in print and on the internet. As Dr. Paula, the life doctor, I'll be answering your questions in my column titled, Ask Dr. Paula. Please click on the Ask Dr. Paula link on this page to send me an email with your questions. I'll answer them on the air or in the magazine. You can go to DallasYogaMagazine.com for my March column and all future ones. Please let me know what you think. I'm really excited about this new venture and adventure. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace. Because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine, it is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. 
carry rose quartz. Rose quartz is emotionally healing in a gentle way. Wear a piece of rose quartz jewelry or carry a small piece with you in your pocket or purse. This is a passive way to help heal yourself. When the stone you are using has completed its work, it will start to turn gray or black or you will lose it. This is a good sign that the stone has taken on some of the negative energy that you were carrying. It either removes itself from your presence by getting lost or it starts to turn dark as a signal to you that it's time to bury the stone and purchase a new one. As we've discussed on this show, physical, mental, and emotional pain or illness causes our cells to literally become dark. As we heal, the cells in our body lighten in color. The rose quartz stone literally takes on some of the darkness so you don't have to hold it inside of you anymore. I have gone through several rings, bracelets, and necklaces, some of which I had designed or was particularly fond of. Over time, I have learned to let go of those beloved objects with gratitude, just like I am grateful to let go of the pain and dysfunction that they help me release. It's just now as I'm writing this that I'm realizing this truth. Learning to let go of anything, even when it's hurting us, is a process. The pain becomes part of who we are. Even if we don't like it, it can be challenging to let go let it go, live in the unknown, and wait for the new to emerge. I'd rather go through that process, however, than stay stuck in old habits, pain, and belief systems that are not letting me get what I really want in life. There are numerous ways to heal. My next workshop, The Ohm Awakening, is an easy way to help you create positive change in your life. I'm the first teacher initiated into presenting this process and am grateful to be chosen to offer it to you. Ohm is the sound of creation. It vibrates at the highest levels. The Ohm Awakening process will align you with the positive, loving, and enlightening vibration of the universe. Through this experience, you will open 13 new channels, also referred to as chakras or energy centers within your body. Raise your vibration, increase your awareness of the divine, heal your body, and help you feel younger, see more through the eyes of your limitless higher self and release your fears we'll be at the CSL Dallas a center for spiritual living in Dallas on Saturday March 18th at 2 o'clock and if you don't live in Dallas contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area like 21 steps for healing your body Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life, nourishment of the spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose 
happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Dr. Rachel Rachel Harris, who will talk with us about New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. In last week's show with Jason Gregory, we explored the truth about enlightenment. Jason shared how we are already enlightened, and all we have to do is tune into the peace that is authentically ours right now and in every moment. The experience of freedom is a high spiritual value, yet every new belief has its own limitations. For instance, if you think that A vegetarian diet is necessary to become enlightened. You're really limiting your options, which is a contradiction to the peace that you are seeking. As we grow and learn, it is important to keep ourselves asking the questions, does this still serve me well? As we hold more light and function at a higher vibration, we must allow ourselves to see life from this higher perspective. We must ask ourselves, what does it mean to be one to experience unity? And is what I'm saying and doing promoting those ideas or detracting from them? A couple of years ago, the notion surfaced that what we had thought of as two opposing ideas could be expressed with the word and instead of but. The idea was that by saying and we would begin to think in an inclusive fashion. So for instance, can we believe in the Eastern idea of heaven on earth and the Western idea of heaven after death? I believe that these two ideas are not mutually exclusive. We can experience heaven while we're living and also after death. We can pray and meditate, believe in God and in enlightenment, and we can recognize that the East and West have more in common than our current patterns of thinking allow us to see and know. Let's break the old ways of either or thinking that divide us and allow ourselves to see how similar we are. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link below. If this topic interests you, listen to last year's April 14th show with Brad Warner on Buddhism and Linda Johnson's recent show on February 9th talking about the Eastern spiritual beliefs of the founders of Western science and philosophy. You can hear these shows on or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to. Again, that's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access anytime of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Now it's time for my silver lining story. I wrote this in November 1998. 
What if mother had said, Grandpa killed himself? He couldn't bear the emotional and physical pain anymore. I'm heartbroken. I feel cheated. I'm angry. I feel responsible. Maybe if I had spent more time with him. Maybe if I had done more for him. Maybe if we had known each other better. Maybe it wouldn't have happened. Maybe he wouldn't have left us. Do you know how devastating it is that he did this while living with me in my house? Somehow. That makes me responsible. Maybe then she wouldn't have thought this will never happen again. I will that this will never happen again in my house, in my family. Everyone will be happy, and I'll make sure that anything unhappy remains hidden. If we don't discuss it, it'll be as if it doesn't exist. So from now on, we're all actors in a play, and we will have no openness, no honesty. We'll just pretend that all is well. If mother had brought the dark into the open, maybe then we would have been free from all the hiding. Maybe we would have been told that dad's father was abusive. As it is, I know nothing about his parents or his growing up years because no one would talk. If they said too much, they might slip and give away the secret. Maybe mother would have talked more about the dark side and the light. Maybe she would have shared her fears, the horrors, and released some of the pain of living through pogroms and given us a piece of our heritage, an understanding of our past, a piece of ourselves. Maybe then dad would have said, your grandmother died. A nine-year-old doesn't understand everything is fine now. She's out of pain. She's at peace. Maybe then but but why are we cutting our vacation short? No one answered me. No one would say the word she died. I was left in confusion and turmoil until I was able to confirm my suspicions. Real, reality always had to be figured out. It was never clearly stated. Confirmation of knowing what I know didn't come from the adult world. I was always uncertain of my perceptions because the truth was so painful for for everyone to admit to themselves, let alone to a child. Would I have had to wait until I was 50 and both my parents were dead to have confirmation of another truth I knew? My parents were not there at my graduation. They only dropped me off and pretended to stay. Then they left for the airport and another convention. Wouldn't it have been easier if they had told the truth? Would I have told them more truth in return? Would I have said we eloped? Would I have said, Dad, you're dying. Let's talk honestly. We're almost out of time. But no, the secrecy continued. Don't say what we know. Mom and the doctor insisted on fairy tale time. And so it was. Maybe that's why integrity is so important to me and why I've often said what I see and know, even when it costs me. Maybe it's why I can't play the organization game. Maybe the lies of manipulation, the half-truths bring back too much. How many things would have been different had the truth been told? But maybe what makes me uniquely me would be different. Maybe I needed to live with all of the lies and half-truths in order to learn to see under the surface, to see deeply, to see the unspoken truths in life. Maybe 
what hurt so deeply for so long was really a huge silver lining that led me on a path to find the truth of me. Our guest today, psychologist Dr. Rachel Harris, is the author of Listening to Ayahuasca. She received a National Institutes of Health New Investigators Award, has published more than 40 scientific studies, and has worked as a psychological consultant to Fortune 500 companies and the United Nations. She's the co-author of the best-selling Children Learn What They Live and has been a psychologist for over 35 years integrating psychological, somatic, and spiritual aspects of the whole person. She describes herself as a skeptical researcher and enthusiastic therapist when it comes to the healing potential of this amazing medicine. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Facebook. In addition to posting all our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world, fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music and the joy of being alive. With all of the violence, hurtful words, anger and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who had positive to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook, then friend Paula Joyce and I'll help you be part of the solution. Then click on the link to read about and register for my next workshop, Ohm Awakening, or to schedule one in your area. Go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Rachel Harris to talk with us about new hope for depression, addiction, PTSD, and anxiety. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You 
are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to help sponsor the show, please call 1-866-472-5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart, and I hope you wrote down who you know who's suffering from depression, addiction, PTSD, or anxiety. And I'm so pleased that Dr. Rachel Harris is here to talk about all of of these um, difficult um, afflictions, I guess, and and suffering that, that people are going through, and that there is hope for it with um with with something from the Amazon rainforest of all things so Rachel welcome it's good to have you on the show thank you very much Paula so I I wondered if you would begin I know you've experienced this medicine and we you call it a medicine which um, many people would uh, call a drug in not not in a medicinal way and so I'm curious why you call it a medicine and how what your personal experience has been with it that has helped bring you to the awarenesses that you have and to using it um, and and wanting others to know about its value. Well, ayahuasca is a tea that's used traditionally in the Amazon rainforest by indigenous peoples. And it's a tea that's made from two plants and they're boiled together to, to what we would consider a tea. But it's a very muddy foul-tasting tea. And, and so its roots come from um, the indigenous peoples, and they consider it a medicine. And you'd probably be interested to know that their concept of illness is that it's spirit-based. So that if the person is not spiritually aligned or attuned or however they define that, um, then they're going to have some kind of problems. And so the medicine is really a, a spiritual approach to illness. Now, obviously, we know in the West that that's not going to work for everything, but it seems to have um, a lot of potential for the psychiatric uh, diagnoses and symptoms, and even just normal range depression, anxiety. Um, And so uh, there's strong feeling in the uh, Western ayahuasca community, which is really underground, because I, I do need to point out that this tea is psychedelic, and so it's therefore illegal. It's a Schedule 1, it contains a Schedule 1 drug, DMT, 
and that's illegal in this country. There are um, two churches, one in uh, New Mexico and one in Oregon, that have fought uh, the rulings of the federal government and gone all the way up to the Supreme Court and have the right to use this medicine, this tea, in their church ceremonies. And they don't consider it a medicine. They consider it a sacrament. So, you know, whether it's called a medicine or a sacrament, that's a far cry from a drug, even though everything consists of chemical drugs. But it's just not referred to that way, to keep it in a different context. So that's that's part of the answer to... um, why it's called a medicine and not a drug. But, I mean, there is great potential in it. That doesn't mean you should rush right out and try it. It's a very strong psychedelic. Because it's illegal, it's difficult to find a legitimate, authentic situation and source. And um, I did do some research on how this medicine is being used in North America. I was more interested in the Western use. I'm not an anthropologist, I'm a psychologist, so that was my question. And my focus was specifically on what happens after the ceremony. But in gathering all that data, I asked also what were the situations in which you used it, and pretty much everybody, that means 81 people, um, reported using drinking the medicine in a ritual, sacred, spiritual context. So this is not a street drug. It's not a recreational drug. As a matter of fact, it's not that pleasant an experience generally. It involves uh, what they delicately call purging, which in real life means vomiting and diarrhea. This is not something you're going to take at a, at a music festival. You need to be close to a bathroom. <laughs> so, and that's not all that pleasant. So it's not going to be used recreationally. But I, I think it's important to know that even in, in the underground use of it in, in our country, in Canada, that it's used, that the sacred context of the use has, has remained. So you have experienced this drug yourself. Did you do it in the States or Canada, or did you go to the Amazon rainforest? How, how did you, what was your experience? Yes, I'd like to talk about that, and I'm, I'm afraid this is the case of uh, don't do as I did, do as I say. <laughs> so I'll start with um, I, was, I was looking for a vacation from New Jersey, as you can imagine, in the dead of winter in February, <laughs> and I found a retreat center in Costa Rica. I thought, this is great. It's on the beach. It's sunny. I'm going. And a few days before I left New Jersey... Somebody called me from the retreat center who was organizing it and said, do you want to participate in the ceremonies? And I brilliantly said, what ceremonies? So that's how I fell into it. I didn't even know where I was going. Um, That's not what I recommend to people. I really tell people (laughs) to check out your source, really do your research, you know, find out as much as you can because there can be a wide range of um, ceremonies. and, And you really want one that's authentic, with um, w- with medicine that's not uh, adulterated by extra plants or, or other things, you want you want an authentic experience in a in and, a safe a, situation. 
I was going to say, so and, I, a guide, and a guide who can help you through it. I think that's part of the safety. Yes, and a shaman. To become a shaman, I mean, there are now some programs in, in uh, Peru at retreat centers. You know, in six weeks, you can become a shaman. Well, that's not exactly accurate. <laughs> Shamans <laughs> usually develop over decades. Now, think about that. Decades of apprenticeship. And in this country, we've, we've sort of lost the concept of apprenticeship. It means really living with um, an elder shaman and learning by being with them over time. That's, that takes decades to really train. So it's not so easy to find a good situation. But I can tell you that my very first experience um, in Costa Rica, I relived... Um, the time of my father's death. I had brought him home from the hospital um, and put him under hospice care in my own home. And he was actively dying. And it was very, very intense. If anybody's been a witness and been present to a loved one dying, the changes in the breathing, the sound of the breath, it just echoed through the house. Um, I was there with a few close friends and relatives, and we... We were just all sort of in this atmosphere of someone passing. And during my first ayahuasca experience, I went back to that time and I experienced my father traveling. I mean, that's his process of dying. And um, at the time when I was home with him actively dying, there was a moment where I left my body. And in all honesty, I freaked out. And I, I, as soon as I realized I was on my way up, 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 I came back, I brought myself back down and, and was shaking and kind of, I was really sh- shaken up and I sat down and, you know, had some tea and kind of pulled myself back together. But in the ayahuasca ceremony, I could keep going. Mm. And so that, you know, I emerged into the cosmos and that was the same sort of rocket ship whoosh you know, that I had started with my father and stopped. So I was able to complete that whole process again. And it was, it was therapeutic and mystical at the same time. And that's, a, that's a, an important um, clarification for therapists who are working with people to understand that both can happen at the same time. I was able to relive the final conversation with my father where we expressed our love for each other. And then I was able to, you know, zoom out of this world into the, into, the, into the cosmos and have a mystical experience. So the, the question is, how do you find a therapist who can work with that kind of material? That's really quite, you know, these are unusual experiences. And a therapist has to have their own experience in these realms, whether with ayahuasca or whatever, in order to really understand these fine distinctions and value these experiences. So that, that first experience was just amazing, and it kind of, kind of um, bonded me to this medicine. I mean, I really I was overwhelmed with the therapeutic value of it, with gratitude and appreciation for this opportunity. And the next morning, I began asking questions. Well, <laughs> I was with... Um, authentic shaman from Ecuador. They had traveled to Costa Rica 
So I could only ask questions through a translator, for one thing. And for another thing, I was asking Western questions. They had no clue what I was talking about. They don't think like that. The, the indigenous peoples have their own cosmology. They don't think in terms of Western psychotherapy. So I, I stopped pretty quickly <laughs> asking them questions. But I, I did continue with my own questions. And that's what, that's what really led to the research I did. And, and so, but just like LSD in the 60s, where people thought they were just having fun and so wound up in serious permanent difficulty um, because they didn't respect the power of a psychedelic drug. And so I think the safety issues cannot be overemphasized. Um, that yes, I there agree is completely. A, and, 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 there, and there are some. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There are some no, no. specific contraindications. So, if someone has a history of psychosis, I would I would not go to a ceremony. I would not take that risk. Um, also, they have to be clear of any of the antidepressants because there can be a a, a reaction with ayahuasca. So there are some um, very concrete contraindications. But it's uh, it's a very intense, not always comfortable experience, and um, especially people going to Peru to a jungle retreat, they are hours away from any medical care, and then it's not medical care like we have here. So there are many things to consider besides finding an authentic situation. And and so how. Um if somebody is interested in doing this, I mean, because there are so many people, you talk about it helping with depression, addictions, PTSD, and anxiety. There are so many people who even with um, our prescription drugs and psychotherapy and whatever other methods are being used are still in, in deep pain and unable to live a fulfilling, um, a, a positive life because they're overwhelmed with um, trauma or whatever is going on with them that they can't seem to find a way out of. Yes, that's true. People don't realize that even with the Western um, newer antidepressants, which are now maybe 30 years old, the SSRIs, I mean, they can be miracle drugs for some people, but a third of people are... uh, what's called drug re- treatment resistant. They don't, they don't, the drugs don't help them. So, uh, and many people don't want to take those drugs. So, yes, these, these symptoms and these diagnoses are epidemic in our culture. And uh, we have a real need for more research into this medicine because it has such potential. And this is, I think it's another case uh, like marijuana where the laws were changed from the people, from, from the bottom up, because um, research was uh, outlawed. You, you, I mean, for 30, 40 years, you couldn't even research marijuana. Um, but people found that it was helpful for certain symptoms. And so there was a an, uh, you know, movement from below, from the people. And I think the same thing will happen because research is... Uh, 
difficult to do with ayahuasca, and there's, um, but people will demand it. It will come from below. In, during the last decade or so, research has begun, federally fund, you know, federally approved, um, into other psychedelics, mostly LSD and psilocybin, and they're showing that in controlled situations like a hospital setting that's set up like a home with a sofa and comfortable and all that, people um, can be safe using those drugs. And eventually research will happen with ayahuasca as well. And and you have already done some of this research looking into the benefits and how it's able to help people. Well, I did the very, very beginning first level research, which is just slightly above a survey, where I asked people how 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 has this how has this medicine helped you? How are you different? How is your life different? Um, what are the changes? And people responded. I, you know, I did something you never do in research. I had a 16-page a questionnaire, most of which was essay questions. And you, you never try and collect data like that. But people were so happy to have someone asking them about their experience, and they so wanted to share how they've benefited, that they answered all these questions. It took hours to fill out the questionnaire. And then on top of that, they wrote me personal letters and sent me their email and their phone numbers, and I called many of them. And and the responses fell into a couple of categories. Um, I'm actually... I'm actually going to stop you there with a cliffhanger, <laughs> and, okay. and and to because I very much want to pick up and and hear this, but I want to give you, I don't want I want it to get cut off in the middle of that. So let's um, take our okay. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my new. Newsletter, you receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem solving process for my best selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self-empowerment. Now in your paper, write down who you're going to share this show episode with. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Rachel Harris to hear more about this new medicine that new to us and um, and 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 the two aspects of her research that those categories that things fell into so with this cliffhanger we'll be back in a couple minutes be the change the seventh wave channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. 
Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I hope you wrote down who you're going to show the, share this episode with, who needs to hear this information. And I'm so glad we're here with Dr. Rachel Harris, and I'm wondering, what are these two categories? What did this information tell you? Right. I, I, I searched through all the first-person reports, mostly asking what happened afterwards. And people reported in an improved sense of self. Their self-esteem, their self-concept became more positive. Um, it's not just two, two categories. There's more. Also, their moods improved. They were less depressed and less anxious. And you can see how that would lead. They felt better about themselves, less moody. And they uh, increase their inner per- they improve their interpersonal relationships and increase their social interactions. So their relationships with family, close loved ones, spouses, and friends expanded. That's, these are exactly the same kinds of things we look for when we're evaluating psychotherapy. Are we helping this person? Are they feeling better about themselves, less thrown by their moods? And are their important relationships in their lives improving? The very same thing. In addition, something we're not very good at as psychologists or psychotherapists is people, imp- they improved their lifestyles. They began to eat more healthy. They exercised more. Many people lost weight. Some people just abruptly stopped drinking. I mean, the morning after ceremony, they would say, alcohol is a poison. I'm never touching it again. And that was that. And this is true even for people who were beginning to have a problem with alcohol. Um, so so it, it, also addictions were relevant. So these, you know, psychologists are not uh, very successful at, you know, having, getting people to eat healthier, 
and that sort of thing. And yet, it happens spontaneously after ceremonies. And, and that's also what's interesting. Some people, the next morning, had what I called a miracle cure. They were no longer depressed. Even if they never did another ceremony, they never fell back into depression. We don't have any way of explaining that from a Western point of view. That's beyond what we understand. They were no longer taking the medicine. I followed people up for years, and they were not depressed. So that's one, one way of categorizing uh, people's lives after ceremony. Another was that some people needed repeated ceremonies in order to experience that improvement. So over time, maybe they would do a ceremony once a month or a couple of times a year. It depends what their connection was, where they lived, what was possible. And they would improve over time. And that's a different kind of improvement. Again, let me just say that ayahuasca is not addictive. This is not an addictive medicine. Um, there's no uh, craving for it, trust me. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And, you know, you don't, have, you don't have to take larger amounts of it. As a matter of fact, it's become um, more comfortable with the medicine. You can even take smaller amounts. But over time, uh, they, ha- they experienced a more gradual healing and so could see their improvement over a year or two. And some people would say, well, why do they have to keep taking this medicine if it's so good? Well, any antidepressant, you need to keep it in your system. You keep t- if, if someone's using Prozac, they have to keep taking Prozac. So in some ways, this medicine works over time in a similar way. I, uh, you know, we need to know, can they eventually sort of grow out of the medicine? Some people do. And, and for many people, the improvements sustain themselves. But these are all big research questions, and, and we are just at the very beginning of this research and, I mean, you can hear my enthusiasm for how helpful I think this medicine can be. But as a researcher, I have to say, we, we're, we're at the very beginning of trying to think about how to research this medicine. Because it's an organic tea, it's made from plants, it's different every time it's cooked. And from an oh. indigenous point of view, the shamans say, well, the potency depends on what songs you sing when you harvest the plants. Well, you know, that's a difficult concept for Westerners. I mean, we know plants are different depending on the soil, the amount of sun, and that sort of thing. But the wide range of of this medicine is um, a real challenge for research for how to get um, a consistent controlled dose. There was one attempt to do a study using freeze-dried ayahuasca, and I know this sounds a little crazy, but this is basically what they're doing in Barcelona. There's a, a, whole, a team of Spanish researchers who are looking at the effects of, of ayahuasca. And they use freeze-dried capsules in order to control potency and dose. So in the, in the United States, they wanted to use the same, the same uh, format, and, but they wanted to use shaman to do a ceremony with these capsules. The shaman refused. They said the spirit is no longer in that capsule. That's not the medicine. It isn't living. So you, it's not. It's no longer alive. So you can you can see the challenges that that have to do with research. 
Um, yes, because I think it opens up. Um, we have to expand our thinking beyond the limitations of Western medicine and current Western thought. Um, you know, it's like uh, in the early days of syphilis, uh, people thought it was God's revenge. And then eventually, as our thinking changed, we understood that it was um, what caused it and, and, and how it could be treated with medicines. And so we... Every new thought, it was like I was saying in the introduction, every new thought has its limitations. And we have to begin to think maybe there's something to this idea of spirit um, and and something about uh, the uh, um, indigenous people's way of seeing the world that may be authentic and helpful and maybe um, there's even more truth in it than we want to admit or see. Yes, that, those are all real possibilities. And given our Western research um, constructs, we, we don't, it's very difficult to move forward. One of the things that's happening with the research with other psychedelics is at Johns Hopkins, where they're researching psilocybin, what they're finding is that those people who have a mystical experience during during their uh, psilocybin day, um, those are the people who report the most benefits. So even in terms of a a concrete um, addiction like uh, cigarette smoking, uh, the addiction to tobacco, which is really very, very addictive, possibly one of our most addictive drugs in this culture is tobacco. Um, The people who had what they call a complete, a full mystical experience were the people who were most likely to quit smoking. And I I just want to say they didn't rely on self-report because we know that's not going to be accurate when it comes to smoking. But they had a way of testing for, you, you know, in the in in the blood, the blood to see if the person still had nicotine in their system. And so they found, you know, with a couple of psilocybin experiences and a complete mystical experience, people just stopped smoking, which is a very difficult um, addiction to stop. And it's an addiction that costs millions of dollars in our healthcare system. I mean, if you think of all the medical problems that arise out of uh, a lifetime of smoking cigarettes, you realize this is this would have a huge impact in our national health system. See, in in my way of thinking, and what we talk a lot about on this show is that through your limitless higher self, or um, as the indigenous Amazonian people are, are talking about it as your spirit, when you become one with that, when you connect with that, then everything is possible. There's the fears um, disappear and the, the self um, uh, negative behaviors that the things that we do to ourselves that harm ourselves, we don't need that anymore because there's a filling of love and a sense of oneness and fulfillment and wholeness. Yes, and those are all aspects of a mystical experience and they are um, amazingly healing. Uh, I do want to say that... Um, the, the, the conceptual framework for ayahuasca use from the indigenous peoples is shamanic. 
So it also involves traveling and exploring uh, some of the dark places in our psyches. And people relive uh, old traumas or uh, traumatic things that they inflicted on others. It is not all about mystical experience. Anything can come up, and there's a good bit of suffering during ceremonies, and people often cry. And so there is a therapeutic entering into the darker, more difficult areas of our lives and our histories and our psyches in order to work through some of these old issues. And yet, and and we're coming to um, closure for this portion of the show before I do my closing with the audience. So I just want to say that I believe that unless you bring those shadow aspects, as Jungian um, psychology talks about it, the fears, the pain to the surface, you cannot release it. And so I don't view that as a negative, even though it's not fun. I think it's a necessary part of healing. Um, Yes, I agree completely. um, Yes, and, and we have to have the courage and strength to face all of who we are um, and then yeah. become who we really want to be to let go of, of the pain and the negativity. Oh, thank you so very much, Rachel. You've brought um, so much wonderful insight and information to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Paula. Have a beautiful day. And I want to thank Thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Click on the link to my resources page to purchase Rachel's new book and go to my store to purchase my books. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing or remote healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops such as Overcoming Abuse, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Energy Healing, the Am Awakening, and the Ultimate Creative Problem Solving Process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype and on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their finances, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Then register for the Ohm Awakening Workshop by clicking on the calendar of events. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my meetup group and also the um, Frequency Circle on March, Love Frequency Circle on March 19th at 315 at 5625 Hummingbird Lane in Fairview, Texas. We'll do a guided meditation to raise the vibration within each of us and on the earth for peace and love. Please join us next Thursday when... um, 
will be will have Tatiana Jerome talking about letting go, healing, and loving again. And on March 30th, to hear Dr. Paulette Kaufman Sherman share how you can transform in your own bathtub with her sacred baths. This is Dr. Pauly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. We'll be right back. 